from our soundstage and auditory office to your hearts and ears across the globe. The following has been crafted with care for your enjoyment. A warning about today's guest. This show typically features people who are emerging onto the popular stage. They are prolific, progressive, and powerful, but for the most part, shine on stages where the lights aren't so publicly bright. Hence the undertold stories in our slogan. Today, however, we're taking a slight departure from that formula and speaking with a woman whose meteoric rise seems boundless and is nothing short of bombastic. And I can say that with no hint of hyperbole, because I came across her profile thanks to a post of praise from none other than Oprah Winfrey. That post celebrated Kings of Napa, a groundbreaking show that debuted on OWN and featured Karen LeBlanc as the powerful matriarch of the King family, Vanessa King. That performance was my first introduction to an actor's career laden with awards, accomplishments, and accolades. From 2006 until today, her career is a metaphorical explosion of hit after hit after hit. Departure, Nurse Fighter Boy, Make It Happen, Regenesis, and Ransom, to name but a few. And certainly not to mention the deluge of nominations and awards including the Geminis and the Canadian Screen Awards. It's dizzying and daunting. And in a stroke of enormous generosity, Karen LeBlanc managed to join me in virtual studio to talk about her life and time as an actress. Good morning, good day, or good evening. And welcome to a very special episode of 54 Lights. So you said you have a couple of interviews coming up. Are you like, so what, yes. yeah, what's going on? Well, I am, uh, I did it to a, a series last, was it? I guess the beginning of COVID, COVID started March. So we started shooting in August called Departure and it's a six part mini series. So it's going to be released uh, July 13th on Global. Wow. Wednesday, July 13th on Global. Uh-huh. I believe it's at 9 p.m. So uh, I'm going to do a whole publicity um, event. Like the tour, the, junk, the junket, I guess. Is the that, junket. Is that, is that what they call it in, in, your, yes. in your world? You're going to start yes, the junket. Yes, they call it the, the junket for the gig. Yeah, the <laughs> junket for the gig. So, you yeah. know, like for, for, for a layman, and we can kind of, we'll, we'll meander. This doesn't have to kind of go in a prescribed order, but like just a random question. So, when you have a show that's come out, like it's normal that you have to come and say, okay, well, we've done it. We've done the shooting. The show's ready. We're all gone. We have a date. We have a, obviously we've got a network and now yeah. you've got to run the junket. Like how does that evolve? Like it's, that's a great question. You know, years ago I was doing a musical. I did the musical rent um, back in the nineties, late nineties. And that was my first experience of really heavy PR. And I, it was new for me. And my manager said, just know this, that the PR is probably 80%, 80% of what 
you do. And that was a real eye-opener to me. And, you know, I, I just learned very quickly that take it on like a gig um, because it's, well, it's, it's really important. Yeah. Well, right. I, it really just flipped the script for me because I went, oh, okay. Don't think that you're sleeping now that you've done the gig because, <laughs> you know, now you want <laughs> It just started. To, yeah. You want to know, you want people to know. So PR is a very, very big piece and very important piece. This time, and then I'm so happy to be able to speak to you a little bit about myself. I, I can't lie. I'm not a professional at it yet. You would think after all these years, but um you know, talking about the project and talking about what you've done should be easy, but you're so afraid you've missed a detail. I find that interesting. And and I guess the other thing is you go from an, a, like a scripted environment, right? A very yes. prescribed where it's like, okay, I know what I'm doing. And I'm not saying you don't have yeah. your, ta- your, your quote unquote talk track or talking, talking points. points. You don't yeah. have your talking points, but it's very different when you when you have to, it's, it's a little bit more like a tennis match where it's just like, oh, you don't know what's coming next, right? So how, yeah. how is how is that unstructured part of the game, if you will? Well, I was going to say, you know me, you don't know me, but I know that you and I got to have a little uh, quick chat prior to this interview. I've asked my publicist in the past, can I get a perspective? Can we get an idea of the types of questions we'll be asked? That's helpful. And then there is that information you have to get out about the show. So. It's it, it, it can be nerve wracking because it is unscripted. Now, I, I sing as well. Sometimes on stage, I will go off the cuff and ramble about things. And I find that all very easy. But yeah. then suddenly, you know, one on one, someone asks you a simple question like your name. You're like, uh, <laughs> what's the name of your show? Uh, yeah, the actors, you know, the actors you've worked with. And I do think that the more you do it, I think you do get better at it, you know, because people just want to know who you are and what you're doing and what you're up to and why you're doing it. Yeah. 100%, 100% practice makes perfect. Just as it just as exactly. in anything, right? Like it just becomes mm-hmm. more, more routinized and you know, and you know, the different people too. I assume you're going back to, you yeah. know, like different names that you, you are more familiar with 54 lights being one of them. Maybe we can, we can do yeah. it. Hey, you know, you can come back again sometime over the course of, uh, of, of your career, which is just blossoming and continues to just soar. And I think, you know, one of the questions that I had for you is, you know, when you look back, you know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, 2022 now, you know, you've got, you, you've got departure coming up, you've, you know, you've got all these milestones, like, so every milestone seems to be critical and the mm-hmm. next big thing for you. What was that moment, like that pivotal milestone? Love this question. The, the Tina Turner, I, uh, I did an impersonation of Tina Turner for a decade all through the 90s I felt like that was a pivotal at that that popped into my head because that was pivotal in finding out about myself as an artist on stage the independence suddenly that I created for myself or learning my independence because as much as you're in a group show I was traveling on the road by myself I would have to have my wardrobe have to you know I didn't have a road manager at the time so that was pivotal in learning about myself you know, sometimes those gigs can be grueling. I did a, I sang Proud Mary in Tokyo, did one song and came home. That was all in a span of two or three days. So, you know, I, I learned about myself, certainly that I can do it, get up and do it. That's pretty pivotal. That really pushed me forward. And then I'll say for acting, Rent certainly was also uh, a pretty good information and very pivotal in the 
you know, that, that was no joke. That was eight shows a week, you know, and um, pretty pivotal in learning that once again, I can do it rising to that occasion, doing the matinees, you know, your matinees, 2 PM, you're up at seven, eight, warming up your voice and just, you know, really, I isn't it? It, it, it really is. And I grew legs as an actor there, starting there. And then I'm, I'm not going to lie. Kings of Napa. Kings of uh, Napa for me. Um, God bless that show, that opportunity. Um, that's where, that's where I, I, I came across your profile, like first and fastest, uh, by the way, somebody graciously was like, I know Karen LeBlanc. I'm like, is it, you know, I, had, I wasn't sure. I'm like, yeah, there, maybe there's another Karen LeBlanc that I don't know. About. <laughs> um, but I no, knew there's you. Only one. <laughs> there's only one. There's only one. There's only but one. I knew you, I knew you from that. So for me, that one was, oh. like, that's the, that was my introduction to you, if you will. Right. But for you, it, it, it felt pivotal. And, and what, like, why? Well, you know, I have been, listen, I have been so lucky to be a working actor, period. And I have had great fortune. Somehow I'm seen as, you know, I've got to play police chiefs and detectives in these very strong female roles, usually in a position of power or, um, you know, a teacher of sorts. And so never really hitting a full, full drama stride. Let me back up, though. I forgot to mention, and so forgive me, Charles Officer. I One of my first independent films I, I did was called Nurse Fighter Boy, opposite Clark Johnson. Mm-hmm. And that actually was another aha moment. I talked about music immediately, but I would say Nurse Fighter Boy was a big moment for me. I mean, you know, this mother was dealing with sickle cell anemia, a single mother raising her son on her own. And I remember as an actor going, this is deep. This is a, this is asking something of me emotionally that I have yet to um, tap into. Yeah. So that and you, an you won an, moment. you won an award for that one, right? You, or, or did the you, Atlantic you sorry. Film Festival. Yes. The Atlantic Film Festival, I did win an award and I was nominated um, back then. It was called a Gemini. Oh, that's the gem. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. you, you, so, yeah. And, and so was so big, I, like, I, I've got a, I've got so many questions about what you just said and I'll come back to them, but I want to stick on the, on the award and, and, and how mm-hmm. that, you know, from a, from a, from a self-appreciation perspective, when you win or when you're nominated, cause you've been nominated mm-hmm. for a bunch of awards, you've won, you, you've won a bunch and some, some like the Gemini's being like some of the bigger, you know, the, the bigger ones, I suppose, or more mm-hmm. popular, more popular ones, not bigger. The question is, is the nomination and then winning, is it further validation or is it something that, you know, Hey, I've done really good work here. And yeah. whether I'm nominated or not, um, you, like Karen yourself, you you know when something is is special. Nurse Fighter Boy was that for me, um, Charles Officer and Ingrid Benninger at, at the time. I just thanked them pretty much eternally for trusting me with a role like this. To be nominated, like I left that show thinking, I don't know what it's going to look like on TV, but I know I personally and emotionally felt by the time that show wrapped that I gave it everything Mm. and that I'm going to feel good about what I brought to the table, knowing that I didn't, um, 
chicken yeah. out or hold back. You know, yeah, what I mean? you, you didn't leave anything mad. on the table. You went, you yes, were, yeah, we yeah, call yeah. that blood on the stage. Oh, is it blood on the stage? Love yes, it. we left okay. the blood on the stage. That was Kings of Napa as well. And to, to be nominated completely, completely threw me off guard. In fact, on the red carpet, I was so scared to even go up there and have the microphone in my face because that, that, that again was now another new avenue for me. Yes, yeah, you but, better get used to it, know, Karen. You better get used to it. Oh, yeah, yeah. if you insist. <laughs> that was new as yeah. well. Yeah, that was new. And to be nominated was it really was a nod. It really was a feather in my cap. It really was telling me, OK, you're on the right path and you're trust your instincts. You know, yeah. you are doing something right. Yeah. So oh. it did give me the courage for the next moment to go. That voice that's talking to you, turn it up. I love that. Turn it I up. love that. Um, and, and, and so, you know, uh, I think you just said something about like, you know, turn it up, turn it up. So if I could take yeah. another step back, like going back, 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 young Karen, younger mm-hmm. Karen, not young Karen, younger Karen, you know, teenage years or even before that was acting on the table, I guess is what I'm saying for that, for that, um, adolescent self. I've always been singing since time, even when there was no one listening, I, We'll walk around my house singing. It's just, I'm the youngest of eight. So as much as I want to tell you, I didn't sit down going, I want to be an actor. And this is the, I didn't even know. I don't think I understood or knew what it was. I don't even know that I realized it was possible. As a younger, younger Karen, I do remember watching Jefferson's or, you know, fame these series but mm-hmm. i'm using the younger younger version because i remember looking at tv thinking how do the people get in there okay that's mm. what I was like. how do i get it so right. i don't know if i thought that i wanted to be an actor i don't know if you know i actualized as a 10 year old that that was something i wanted i just think it was always there i don't know if i had the language right you know what i mean and the, yeah. and the idea of always acting i think perhaps i always have been much like i've always been singing i just didn't know there would be an audience for it other than my family right right and so. for sure for sure and 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 were your family seven geez, seven siblings uh above yes. you above you my goodness those reunions must be something else but uh <laughs> yeah. yeah tell me like how is that dynamic was you know as you're walking through your your home and you're singing to yourself again even you know when you were younger are people like oh there's karen singing again or it's like oh hey you know what do do that thing again you know like how, how is that dynamic oh, without without exposing family secrets you know whatever you're comfortable yeah with. Well, I will tell you, I believe that, and I use the term my family as my audience, because I think they were always cheering me on, the youngest of eight. So whether I'm doing cartwheels or singing for anybody, whatever it was, there was a smile attached. So I don't know, perhaps that is that was the applause i don't exactly remember it being that yeah official yeah 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 i just remember it yeah the acknowledgement in there somewhere yeah and, and, and making maybe, you feel special yeah for sure which is which is kind of interesting because you would think in a family that size right like sometimes i don't want to say lost. people get lost but people get lost right like it's kind of like lost. okay yeah like i you know i'm one of x and it's just like yes. okay yeah what number are you again oh i can't yes. remember you know and it's 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 intentional not, and it's not malicious but sometimes that no that is a reality of what happens so it's great that yeah that, 
that you you heard, you felt, and you you absorbed those applause, uh, which were coming from an inner circle. But but now, man, are they coming from a broader circle? Yeah, it's incredible. Uh, you know, this interview process is very exciting and interesting to me because, you know, you'll get asked questions. I don't know that maybe you haven't even asked yourself. Sometimes breaking down how I got here is really interesting. So yeah. the first thing I will speak about is being the youngest debate. So it just, it makes me conclude that I must have always been a performer because how else are you going to get attention? Yeah. <laughs> I'm <laughs> over here. <laughs> Count me in. Yeah, two, just, three, yeah, exactly. Four. Talent and survival, I suppose, is what you're saying. You know, <laughs> I think so. Actually, that that is true. That that's another thing I would have said in said bio. And it, it, I think ultimately it was about survival too, right? <laughs> that's too funny. Uh, you know, coming yeah. coming back to your career and and on all of the things, you know, you mentioned Tina Turner, or, or the shows and the performances. So I suppose you know I have so many questions about that. There's such a high level of respect when you're when you're asked to play that that yes. means you've got to have the voice that means you've got to have the the, the strength the, the legs the all of that how did that feel like to be oh this I'm doing this well and uh, everything's got a story back in the day there was a guy that worked at uh, a dinner theater called the limelight dinner theater it's on young street north of uh, Eglinton I'm gonna say if anyone listening will, will give me the exact guess, address, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. The Torontonians on the call. The yes. Torontonians on the call. They'll be like, girl, you don't know where. So uh, <laughs> at, the time, at the time, he was managing this theater and he had a couple of legends at the time. Know that I knew nothing about impersonation. This is like late 20s. All of his people had quit. And I, I had a band at the time. I had an R&B band, a 10-piece R&B band. I had a couple of sh- short dresses. I mean, I show you because they were tiny. Yeah. And uh, all his people quit. And uh, at the time he said, Karen, can you come and do our show? Can you impersonate anybody? And I said, what is impersonation? Mm. And can you start tomorrow? I went, what? Tomorrow? Okay, wait first. Wait a minute. So somehow I don't, you know, I used to remember singing Tina Turner stuff in karaoke, for example. And even then I would try to mimic what's love got to do with it. And her sound, like her gritty kind of, you know, <laughs> her, her gritty mm-hmm. Southern. So I decided to just jump in. I jumped in. I literally had. Oh, you didn't have much time hours. to make a decision. Yeah. At the time, my band was doing stuff like Hot Legs. Uh, I think maybe we did Proud Mary. It was an R&B band. So we were doing a mishmash of everything. And so I, the, the guy said, look, I'll get you a wig. Can you start? I think it was tomorrow or the next day. I said, okay, all right. So I go there to the theater. The band quickly learned Hot Legs, which is a Rod Stewart song. Mm -hmm. What's Love Got to Do With It? Proud Mary. And maybe A Midnight Hour, which is a song I was singing in my R&B band because we literally had no time. So now it's seven o'clock and Larry says to me, Karen, I don't think I'm going to be able to get you the wig. Can you do the show without the wig? I said, absolutely not, because I don't even know what I'm doing. I have a great dress. I have fishnets on and four-inch stilettos, but Tina Turner's signature, her hair. It's the hair, I was going to say. that's Hair and her legs. Yeah. And bless, in my 20s, I had the lay. I had it going (laughs) on. And you prop yourself up on four-inch stilettos, your legs are going to look good. I was going to say long, long. (laughs) Right, right. 
And like I said, I was already gigging at the time. So I wasn't a stranger to being on stage. To make a long story longer, he ended up ordering a wig from his Scott's Beauty Supplies at the time. It came in a cab. Wow. Uh, call time was 7.30. Wig came at 7.15. I put on this wig. And that was it, you know, from rehearsal that day. I jumped on stage and literally I never stopped moving from the minute I hit the stage knowing it was Tina. I, was I watched say, the video, you know, just keep moving. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say that's that's one of those it the, the physical the physicality oh of my her. goodness. And I like I can't even imagine anybody playing Tina Turner just because I get tired. I got tired watching her watching perform. Watching her. You know, and she's it's just, she's just a, a she force, an absolute yeah. force. So, so, yeah. so, so then the, the other question of that, uh, like related to that is, how does it feel sort of stepping into shoes and legs and a voice like that? And then, well, you know, the reception you get from it, you know, like how, how does that feel? And then maybe, maybe more importantly in, 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 in this, in the scope of this question is, how does the contrast feel when you're when you're sort of playing a fictional character that has no grounding in, you know, in sort of a historical context other than the, the screenwriter's page? Oh, I love this. Funny enough, funny you should ask, or brilliantly you should ask. When I um, was working on Kings and Napa, the character of Vanessa King, I had to draw from all the sources because she's a pretty powerful woman, you know, news reporter mother of three mm-hmm. holding it together and then if you haven't seen the show um husband has a heart attack like boom right from yeah. the beginning it's and i remember strong. when i yeah oh like you know I, I, I even reading the script and reading the sides i went this is deep this is full i gotta dig down to a well and but i it needs to have a not a bottom but it needs to have i need foundation so i would i Went back to the Tina Turner, tried to channel my inner Tina. Mm, mm. I tried to, and then I was listening to Michelle Obama and Cicely Tyson. And I just started drawing in from these very strong matriarchal women. So secretly between you and I, maybe Tina Turner showed up on set occasionally (laughs) under Vanessa King's wig. You never know. So uh, yeah, slivers, uh, slivers of her for sure emanated. Yeah, for sure. yeah, 100%. Just doing the dance, literally, that Vanessa King was anyway, you know. Well, I mean, that's that's another thing that that's a, you, you kind of like um, answered in a per, in a perfect way. Uh, but you stole one of my questions, which was, you know, when you're faced with a character that's layered and complex and just like powerful, or even if it's not, let's say there's a there's another mm-hmm. character that you're playing that that has a different a set of vulnerabilities and different set of strengths. What do you draw on? I think a bit of both. You know, I. My ancestors, literally, I'll even sometimes sit and and really try to connect to a history that I don't really, really know, but a history that I know is within me, sort of calling on that type of strength, even if the character is a vulnerable character, because I'm calling on those for, for confidence, you know, and being accused, for example, this couple goes through some devastating issues. And I remember being on set. The one thing I had to ask myself when you're playing a part or you're acting, I, I always wonder why they call acting acting as opposed to being. 
So, mm. for example, with accused, I don't know what I was drawing on, but I could only just live in that very moment, hearing that news at that moment and literally staying open to let it literally impact you, even though you've done two and three takes as if it was the first time. You know, um, so it depends. I suppose every project's different. You know, sometimes you will draw on. Yeah people from the past um you do a backstory you create who, where this character might have gone to school what music they like uh, i'll do a bit of that research it depends it's different for me every time i think it's a simpler answer from a from a process perspective how much do you have agency on on building the backstory i suppose that changes again from project to project but do you say hey i want to fill this in and then you go into the writer's room or like how does that process work again i'm talking a little bit from an outsider's perspective well not yeah. really, but obviously from an outsider's perspective <laughs> i think uh you know the writers the creators they'll definitely create they'll paint maybe 90 percent of the picture and mm. then depending on their openness they'll like or maybe they paint 50% of the picture, hoping sometimes the actor will come in with the other 50. Uh, I love that it's collaborative. You know, Vanessa was created and my first couple of days on set, being able to speak to Janine and Matthew Cherry, Janine Sherman Barois, the creative executive producer and Matthew Cherry was our first director. I love that they let me massage. I love that they said, by all means, here's the dinner table, bring a dish, bring two. Love I think that. that's how it always works. I hope that's how it always works. But yeah, the skeleton is there. Some people come, you know, with a full Bible and the character's already completely fleshed out. Right, right, so right. Like, oh, I, Here's know. the dinner table, bring a dish. I love that. I want to look, what a yeah. great expression. I don't know. You've, you've got, so blood on the stage. Here's a dinner table, bring a dish. Like, I don't know what to like, write this stuff down. It's a good thing I'm taping this. This is good. I, I know I'm over time here. Do you have like a, like maybe- Are we? Yeah, a little bit. Well, How hey, did that hey. happen so quickly? I know that's why I've got my little clock here and I'm like, oh, no, it's over time. Oh, like, I'm just two great. minutes over time. If you have a couple more minutes, okay. I'll, I'll stretch and I'll pretend I didn't give you that Absolutely. warning. Absolutely. Okay. I will try to um, shorten my answers too and just no. get better at this. Lord Sorry. have mercy. Actually, Karen, do you know what? That's not what I want. I want as much full full material as you can give me. I did want to ask, and and like a couple questions. So one is this this idea of, the mechanics of it and the grind of mm. performing and even different types of performances. So, you know, when you do, when you do something on the stage, like, like a, like a rent and it's, it's over and over and over again, mm. shows, 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 shows. The simple question is, was it what you expected, you know, going into that, that the, 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 the machine of performing? Here's an interesting thing. I remember when I first started acting, because I come from music first, live stage, live theater, lots of people, lots of completely on. Acting was like, cut, go back to your trailer. And I was thinking, well, where is every, where are we all going? Why? It became this, it, it was new for me in that hmm, as, much as, as much as it's ensemble, it's also solo. And I, uh, it took me a while to get used to that. Not everything is on all the time. You go back to your, so you don't bring everyone back to your trailer, Yeah. you know? So that took me a bit of getting used to the grind. We, I'm sorry. Let's see, I went on another tangent. You're no. asking how you get used and, to that. that yeah. Time. And then, and, and I guess the grind, that, that was a really profound answer about like that. You have to find like, it, it forces you to, 
to be solo in your space. Yeah. So you go back to your solo space. But then, yeah. you know, coming back to the second half of my question is, yeah, but then you got to go back again. Then you got to go back. Yeah. Again, and then you got to go yeah. back again. And it's like, like, how do you, how do you manage the grind of that? Yes. Right. Um, I love rising to the challenge. I can't lie. It's not always easy. Sometimes you're in the middle of a heavy, heavy emotional scene. Now we're going to break for lunch. Like most directors will do their best to let you get through, but you know, that's just the nature of the beast. So you go back and I don't know. I, I would love to ask all the actors these questions. It's a brilliant question, by the way. Um, I, I absolutely love the challenges, challenge and I love rising up to it. I love coming back to this set maybe five minutes better than I was when we, when we broke. Because I don't ever want to come back slightly under where we left off. Because, you know, if you have a 10 or 15 hour day, I just know that we're not shooting this for five years, but five months. So I'm just there. I'm just, I really feel personally that, for example, Kingston Napa, we had some extremely late nights, but I just feel like leave the blood on the stage every time. If you feel weak, you just go fill up. And then, yeah. and then suddenly if you wrap and it's completely all over. You want to know that you, when you were in that race, you literally ran, uh, you know, ran your best for all the moments that you even wanted to stop. You just go, you bring it bring it all the time, bring 150. Oh man. I love it. I love it. So motivational. And for all the different types of artists that might be listening to this or people in any, any walk of life, I love it, that, yeah. that dedication of rising up and bringing so yeah. much to that. That's, that's great advice. I, I'm, I, I would, I wouldn't be right. If I didn't ask this question, cause I am quite curious about singing and acting and what might feel like a choice between the two but you feel like you're choosing between the two or do you think it's like you you could have continued to to pursue the singing career but you're known yeah. as an you know you're known as an actor yeah. and sorry sorry do you say actor or actress and I think I've heard both played back to me I say actor, actor. okay okay right. so you're um you know I know you from an from an acting perspective and an acting lens mm. even though obviously your singing has this is profound when when it comes into the characters but for yourself do you do you think do you, do you ever do you ever know why you went down one path more than another or is it just sort of like that's that's where opportunity met uh, met your talent that's a great question for a time when I first started acting I stopped singing this is going to sound a little nutty but for reasons of wanting to emotionally keep the cap, because I believe that all of these things require a lot of focus, intensity, emotion, you got to fill up, fill up that cup. So I, I deliberately kept my singing aside so I would be able to bring all that emotion that I never expressed through singing and bring it to a new stage, which was acting. And um, more and more, um, I don't, I haven't been singing as much, although I still enjoy it, but I, I, I ultimately, I guess I made the choice. I got busier acting. Uh, not that I would stop singing, but, you know, during COVID, I had my whole speaker here. I had concerts in my office. <laughs> I sang for my neighbors. But um, I, I hope it's not a definitive choice, meaning I'll never sing again. I just find that definitely when, when doing an acting project, it's almost like saving up all that emotion in whatever it is. And just bringing it to set because that can be grueling and I just want to be 100%. And I also realized this, the singing world, the hours 
are completely opposite of acting. So if I was gigging on stage in a club or something, you know, mm. I'd be home at one or two. Whereas yes. acting, you're getting up at one or two. Yeah. So, or two or three. So that was also one of those things just that became the obvious choice. Ah, interesting. I love that so much. Um, yeah. So much texture to that answer. Thank you so much for that, Karen. Um, I got to I got to leave you maybe on on one more question, which is well, quite random, I suppose. But if if you were not, you know, in, a, in like this bizarro in a bizarro world, if you were not acting, if you were not breaking all of these these amazing performances, which seems to be on a Thank weekly you. basis, by the way, when you start to, you. when you start to uncover Karen LeBlanc, like you just it's a you get you get pulled in, folks. So get ready. Thank you for like, that. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? What do you think you'd be doing? Or, you know, where you were you know, a chemist? Uh, was there something sort of like completely different that you would be like, ah, you know what? When I retire, I'm I wanna, going to fail. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I want to say psychology. It just popped to my head. Mm. Um, I'm always and forever curious about how we work, why we think the way we think, what happened to you as a small child. Like it's, I'm really into you know, vibrational frequency, connectivity of people, energetically, what, you know, what draws you to one project, one person. And I love talking to people and I feel, you know, I, I'm an empathetic sort of person. So I can, I, I love to talk to people and see who they are and where they are and why they are. So I, I, I think psychology would be something I'd be very interested in. And yeah. that, and this is not a career per se, but I love languages, would like to study and learn some other languages. Thank you so much for that. You know, in, in that answer, I think it, it, it also illuminates why you're such a great actor. Your ability to connect from different languages or maybe maybe not uh, like a lexicon, but linguistically, but right. you, you touch on so many different bases and different languages in, in the different characters that you've portrayed. Um, and for me, at least through this interview and through the work that you've done, your ability to connect and draw people in from the psychology element is really evident. So I want to thank you so much for taking a moment out of your busy, busy time and your, your great career to speak to the audience at the 54 Lights, who will be hearing this shortly after departure, which is coming out next Wednesday, yes. July 13th on Global, Global, I believe. Between now and then, or even when you're coming in and out of departure, you got to check out Kings of Napa. You got to check out the whole history. There's a lot out there. Karen, thank you so much for taking the time. I'm so happy that we managed to get connected and, you know, stay in the game and bring your 150% and listen to that, that tuition, intuition, sorry. You know, listen to yourself, find your voice in it and ground yourself and hopefully surround yourself with some solid people and just keep your dreams alive. Yeah. You know, and when don't it, let and anybody when it, tell you you can't. Yeah, for sure. And what's, what's that? Uh, leave the blood on the stage when it comes to <laughs> yes, it. Yes. <laughs> Bring like, it. <laughs> don't, don't, don't hurt yourself too much or have some extra vowels handy, but, you know, show up even for your auditions, 150%. I always say that because nerves alone will take 50 so you show up for 150, you're like, I'm good. I, I slayed that thing because I was ready. Amazing. Stay ready. There you have it. The culture and conversation continues. A note to our listeners, we are reaching the end of our preseason and will soon start our journey through the continent. I encourage the curious, and perhaps the bold, to DM me on Instagram at Crowd54 
if you want to insist or guess on which country we'll start our journey with. To Karen, man, thanks for adding us to your press circuit. To all of you listening, thanks for lending me your ears. My name again is Kendwani. Here's hoping you find yourself in every play. It's been fierce. Until we meet again. <laughs>